it is awesome to have a pastor back from the roughing it in Colorado. It was rough. He came in this morning smiling and uh, sharing a little bit of his trip. Because, I mean, really, in, in the full week, all the things that you did, it would probably take a few hours for us to sit down and fully discuss all that, that you were able to do and experience. And so he just gave us little snippets today. It was a lot of fun. And it's, it's also good to have Doc and Betty back. Uh, they left the country. They didn't just leave the state. They just left the country. And uh, the same is true with them, the experiences that they had. Um, Germany, Austria, and Hungary. Welcome back. It's just good. It's good to get away, but it's really, really good. Are you fr Fraulein? Yeah? Yeah? Well, Fraulein. And I don't know what you would be, but uh, welcome back. Fraul man. Okay. Yeah, Fraulein and Fraul man. It's good to have you guys back. Jeff and Krista were away for a week or so and had a great time uh, roughing it in Alaska. Yeah, I know. Everybody, oh, Mike, that's breathtaking. All, all these trips, breathtaking. But there is no place like home. Dorothy coined the phrase in The Wizard of Oz, there's no place like home. So welcome, welcome, welcome back. More complete. And if you guys were on a vacation and I didn't know about it, but you're back tonight, welcome. Welcome. Uh, real quick, before I get into this, uh, just a few things that, that I want to take a moment and we want to lift up in prayer. Mike caught me right before the gathering tonight, and we've been praying in men's prayer for, for Mike's sisters-in-law, uh, Donna and Sharon, and Donna's in ICU and um, in need of prayer. She, she, needs, she needs a touch from the Lord, and Sharon uh, battling some different physical things, so we want to lift them up. Uh, Kevin and Sandy are here tonight, and um, Sandy's mom passed away. Recently, I think Saturday, you guys will be honoring her. And so we, we want to pray for you guys. Just continue to believe and know and trust that the goodness of God is what will comfort you. That's what the Holy Spirit's main job is. He's the comforter. And Eddie, back there on camera, Eddie's mom passed away as well. And her service will be tomorrow at Pahachek's. And so um, let's just take a moment as the body of Christ to lift some things up. God, we just thank you, as Pastor has already said, you are just good. It's, it's the goodness of God that works miracles in our life and draws us uh, to a place of repentance and in relationship. And I thank you for your goodness. God, we just uh, lift up uh, Donna and Sharon right now. We thank you that you're the healer. Your word tells us that. And so we're not going on someone else's word. We're going off of your word. And we are claiming uh, healing and strength and restoration in their lives. God, you know exactly what they're going through, and you know exactly what is needed. And so we trust and believe that you're working, whether it's through doctors and nurses and medicine, or whether it's through a supernatural touch. God, we just lift those ladies up to you. God, Kevin and Sandy and Eddie and... Um, the, the heartache that comes with losing a loved one, uh, God, we know that's natural. I, I, I think of your word when you went to Lazarus's funeral. God, you wept. You were emotional. 
Uh, Jesus, you showed that side. And so that's something that you built within us. But you have not just left us there to grieve. You've given us the Holy Spirit. And I thank you for comfort and peace and uh, just a rest that comes only from you. So bless them in the next few days as things will occur. Help them to just have uh, great memories of their loved one and uh, trust in you, God, for uh, this, uh, each step of every new day. And we just bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I enjoyed last week, and if you weren't here last week, I'm going to let you know that I am encouraging you to get involved. As I reminded you guys that were here, growing up for me, Sundays and Wednesdays were a little different. Sundays, um, pastor got up and challenged and encouraged and exhorted and, and brought the, the message of God in a way that was a little different than us, than, than how we did things on Wednesdays. Wednesdays was more of a, of a Bible study. And so last week, we just dove into a few verses in Psalm 119, and we kind of broke those down a little bit and had a little bit of interaction. And so if you are so brave as to have interaction, and I won't bring the mic over there to you, and we won't necessarily, I can't, well, I can't guarantee anything about the cameras because I'm not running cameras, but um, we, we won't call you out. But I, I would just like for you to have interaction. So as I go through this tonight, if you have a thought, just raise your hand, and I promise to try to get to you and try to keep it like, you know, a short thought. Don't teach them the lesson for me. But, you know, we share, we sharpen each other. We have thoughts and testimonies. And so to kind of get the ball rolling, I'd like to ask you a question. If you were given $20,000 with this stipulation, you have to buy yourself something. <laughs> I was already out. No, not me. <clears throat> so you can't pay off a bill. You can't give it to your kids. You have to purchase an item for yourself. $20,000. What would you get? Now, if you're brave enough to raise your hand and just tell me something that you would like to buy for yourself, I will give you two. It's not just one piece of candy. They're taped together. Two pieces of candy. I know. Very, very tempting. And I'll just kind of toss those to you, okay? So I'll get the ball rolling so you don't feel like, well, I'm materialistic. I don't want people to know. I personally would, would get one of two things, and one would probably take the whole 20000 Um, I, I would love to get a side-by-side. Would it take twenty grand? Yeah, okay. Well, maybe, it, maybe a used one, maybe a... No, 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 you just, but an item up to $20,000, okay? So, like, when we were in Willisville, everybody had golf carts, and so that was a cool thing. But now that we're in Chester, everyone has side-by-sides. They're everywhere. And some evenings, I'm just like, that would be fun, you know, just to putt around town. So, that's my item, okay? Who is willing to step up and tell me an item that you would buy for yourself for 20 grand? Raise your hand. Right there, what do you got? Oh, now see, that does make me sound materialistic. <laughs> a trip to the Holy Land? Man. Okay, somebody else? Anyone else? Come on, it'd be fine. My, 
Tasha, you're smiling. What would you buy for yourself, Tasha? A nice trip. Is there someplace specific that you'd like to go? To the mountains. It was fun. All right. Thank you. Anyone else? It's candy, guys. It's free. Go ahead. A sunroom. Build it off the back. <laughs> 20 grand. I think you could, you could have a nice sunroom. Yeah, per square foot is going up. That's for sure. That's for sure. I got two more. If anybody wants to dive in, tell me something that you'd like. Right there. What do you got? <laughs> Good answer. First he tithe, yes. And then a guitar. Jeff, will you run that back to, to Neil? Neil, how much would that cost? Like, what do they run? Really? That much for that guitar? What'd you say, 57? One more. All the way in the back, Brandy. Sorry, your daughter beat you, Faith. What do you got, Brandy? A, a remote control what? Fighter jet. Fighter jet. Really? Well, that's good to know. 1,500? Well, you could get a couple of them. I'm going to try this. You ready? Oh, landed right in her lap. Boom. You know, thank you guys for getting involved in that. I want to start tonight with a verse in the New Testament written by James, the half-brother of Jesus. And in James chapter 1, verse 5, the Bible says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. In the, uh, in the ESV, the last part of it says, Because God gives generously and graciously to everyone. The goodness of God is for everyone. And wisdom from God is from everyone. He is a giver. We serve the only God, but many people believe that they, you know, this God or this God or this God. Our God, he is a giver. He's a giver, the Bible says, of good and perfect gifts. And tonight I'd like to just focus for a few minutes on this. God wants to give you wisdom. He really does. And the Bible says that if you lack wisdom, you should ask. I have, I have four kids. Child number two is the squeaky wheel. And you guys know what happens with the squeaky wheel? It gets the oil. So... I'm not, I wasn't much of an asker growing up. I know we didn't have a whole lot, and so I didn't ask for a whole lot. And so as we were raising our kids, we probably gave them the same impression. Trinity, how much was allowance? One dollar a week for, for the chores that you guys would do. And that was a little bit later in life. A whole dollar, woo, get some stuff done. But Titus was the squeaky wheel, and, and he was the asker. And so I couldn't go... 10 seconds without Titus being like, can I do this? Can we do that? Could you get me this? Could we go here? 
God is better as a father than me in that he invites us to ask. He likes it when we're the squeaky wheel. And he says here, if you lack wisdom, there's one simple remedy for that. Ask me. I hold wisdom. You can read Proverbs. Wisdom is almost referred to as God. I wisdom was there in the beginning. And so God not only emits goodness and faithfulness, but he is wisdom. And so I just want to talk to you for a few minutes tonight about wisdom. And I'm going to start in 1 Kings chapter 3 is the story, the account of wisdom of Solomon being asked of God a great question. And we have Solomon's answer. And so I have a few verses that I'd like to read in 1 Kings chapter 3. Let's begin reading. I'm reading out of the uh, ESV tonight. And so in verse 3 of 1 Kings chapter 3, the Bible says, Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father. In verse 5, at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God, God said, ask what I shall give thee. Verse 9, Solomon said, give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind, wisdom, to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this, your great people? Verse 10, it pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. 11, God said to him, because you have asked this, you've not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself wisdom to discern what is right. Behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has been before you and none like you shall arise after you. In verse 13, God says, I give you also what you have not asked both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all the days of your life. And we know when we hear of Solomon that he was the wisest man ever outside of Jesus. Solomon had the most wisdom of anyone that has ever walked to the face of this earth. And God gave him a blank check. And we talked a little bit tonight about you. If you had a blank check, 20,000, what would you ask for? Well, God has more of a bottom line for you than $20,000. It's blank. And God is saying this, write your check. Write it out. I need wisdom to be a good mom or be a good dad or be a good husband or be a good wife or be a good worker. Just be a good person. I need wisdom to handle this situation or that situation, to be a good uh, steward of finances, to be someone who is uh, engaging in relationships and someone who emits the love of Jesus. I need wisdom for that. Because when you walk in Walmart, sometimes you don't feel like smiling. And you need wisdom to learn how to deal and, and not say, oh, look at that person down that aisle. I'm going to go someplace else because I've been there <laughs> so many times. Tasha works at a bank. How many times someone, you know, pull up and she's probably like, I don't want to smile at that person, <laughs> but I'm going to smile. That's my job. God wants you to have wisdom in those situations. Charlie, that's not the case with you. I know that you're always smiling and you always have great interaction with people that come in rosiers because they're all good people. <laughs> wisdom tonight is yours for the taking if you lack 
and that's me. I don't know if you'll raise your hand with me and say that that's you. But for me, I lack wisdom. And so let's talk just for a few moments of the benefits of wisdom from God. Look at, look at this. Something that jumped out to me when I thought of wisdom. Wisdom, the Bible says, it guards my heart. Wisdom guards my heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. Trinity had an opportunity um, her senior year to play basketball for Chester High School. But I watched her play growing up in different situations. We would take her down to Murdale, and they had an upward program down there, and, and she played for quite a few years there, and she was always uh, able to play like in summer camps and some different things. And so I have enjoyed watching Trinity play basketball over the years, and something that her mom would yell from the stands whenever she played defense was no options. Jenny would yell that from wherever we were. Going up, no options, Trinity, give her no options. So Trinity's guarding whomever, and Trinity's on her like a glove. Wherever the player goes, that's where Trinity goes. And anytime the ball tries to get into that person, she's getting low. If, if that person should, should even, you know, make a move, Trinity makes the move too. That person cuts the lane, she's cutting the lane. She's, she's cutting it off. No options. And I kind of see that wisdom, I see that with wisdom and how it plays a part in our life. Because it's guarding our heart. And, and it's saying no options. The devil tries to throw something in, nope. Wisdom says, uh-uh, I'm going to block that. That ain't coming in here. Uh-uh, this is a child of, of the king. Block that thing out of here. Get that out of here. Dikembe Mutombo, no, 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 not today. <laughs> Get that out of here. That's what wisdom does. Wisdom guards our heart. And so if for no other reason to ask for wisdom, I need wisdom because I need my heart guarded. Because it takes that long and my heart becomes unguarded. I let my guard down. I sometimes don't walk in wisdom when I'm not walking in the wisdom that God has given me. I think I can do it myself. And next thing I know, I'm in trouble because I left my heart unguarded. And so the Bible says, above all else, guard your heart. Wisdom also gauges your thoughts. We had a, a vehicle recently that the gas gauge, the fuel gauge, didn't work. And so you kind of had to keep track of your mileage because if you weren't paying attention, you run out of gas. And that's no fun. Nobody ever really wants to do that. And so a gauge shows a reading. It gives information. That's what a gauge does. And so wisdom gauges your thoughts. Wisdom will tell you, I better not go there. People, you know, upset me or... They say something that, that hurts. They tick me off. My mind wants to stay there, dwell on it. And if I keep feeding that and thinking about it, then I start thinking what I can do to get even. And then I start carrying bitterness and unforgiveness. And so wisdom says, don't go there. Wisdom says, let it go. 
Wisdom says forgive. Wisdom says love them anyway. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And as you are dwelling on different things that come up through the day, wisdom will say, that's a good thing to dwell on. As we talked about last week, how that cow brings up the cud and chews on it again. And that's us. We bring up the word of God and we chew on it. and We dwell on it. That's what the Holy Spirit and wisdom will bring into our, into our life, into our mind. But the enemy wants us to dwell on the negative. And so wisdom is a gauge. It will let you know what you should be thinking on, what you should be dwelling on. Wisdom also governs your tongue. It not only guards your heart and it gauges your thoughts, but it governs your tongue. Now is the point where really all of us could have a little time where each of you could share an experience where your tongue wasn't necessarily governed because we've all been there. And a governor, like on a vehicle, it, it kind of controls your speed. It can control things. And that's what wisdom does. Look at, look at James 3, 5 and 6. James writing again says, Even so, the tongue is a little member, this is verse 5, and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindles. Verse 6, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it can defile the whole body, and it sets on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. As Trinity and I walk the streets of Chester throughout the evening, we always like to take a nice evening walk and just kind of talk and visit, and we just enjoy each other's company, and we have things in common. We always get to this one house every time we walk, where this dog comes racing at us like we are public enemy number one. It's a bigger dog. And, and we know it's coming now, but those first few walks was kind of frightening because it can be dark when we walk and just you kind of hear the growl and then you kind of hear the movement and next thing you know, like it's pretty close to you. I'm going to get you. But I'm so thankful every time we've walked, the dog is on a leash. It is governed. It can only go so far. And that's what the wisdom of God will do for our tongue. If we are believing, God, I need more wisdom in how I interact with others and what I say and how not only I act, but sometimes more importantly, how I react. The things that come out on impulse. Wisdom governs that. It controls it, it, puts, it puts limitations. And, and that goes with what we've already talked about. You know, wisdom working in our mind and in our thoughts. Because what you think about long enough will eventually come out of your mouth. And so that's why it's very important to watch what we're thinking about and to watch what's in our heart. So wisdom guards our heart. It gauges our thoughts. It governs our tongue. And this one is so challenging for me. Maybe not for you, as Pastor's been saying. I'll just, I'll just talk to me for a while because I know I have issues. You may not have this issue. Wisdom graces your ears. 
James 1.19 says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear and slow to speak. So it's confession time. Here we go. Pastor came in today and he is sharing a little bit, just snippets of vacation. Pastor got to this point that was very interesting to me. I hope it's okay that I share this. Um, you were able to take like a, a mountain bike ride, but they, this excursion group, take you about 20 miles uphill and put a helmet on your head and put you on a bike and then let you guys bike down the hill back to the starting spot. And I'm like, man, that sounds like fun. But think about this situation for a moment as pastor is, is starting to share. And he's like, so here's what they did. We went to this one spot and, and there they put us in a, in a vehicle and they took us 20 miles uphill. And during that time, and then I interrupt and I say, 20 miles uphill. Man, I remember that one time that uh, I was out biking and it was probably, I don't know, three or four miles, but I was just wore out. I just, I can't even imagine 20 miles. I mean, 20 miles, really? 20 miles? The pastor's like, yeah, yeah, it was 20 miles. So anyway, we, we went up there and then they got us this really nice bike that uh, it, was, it was comfortable and it was able to handle what we were gonna go to. A, a bike like that? I remember my first bike. I was seven years old when I got my first bike. It was red. My mom and dad surprised me for my birthday. Man, did I love that bike. It's something that I spent all kinds of time on and it was just something that just meant the world to me. Yeah, good. Okay, you can kind of see where this is going. Do not let others concern or conversation about themselves turn around and become about you. Because that's my selfish nature. That's where I am. Now, it's okay to engage. I'm not saying in a one-on-one -on -one conversation to let it be one-sided. But pastor, there are times where I just needed to listen. I didn't need any input. And there were times that I'm like, oh, I should have just let him talk. I made a comment, you know, and... And so that's where God's working on me. How often do we do something like this? Someone has a concern or a need, and we, we just turn it around. And next thing you know, we're dominating the conversation. It's all about us and our story. Yeah, that happened to me too. Yeah, I remember that, and here's how that went down. God graces our ears to realize what James 1.19 says. Let everyone be quick to listen, quick to hear, slow to speak. And the Holy Spirit will give you that grace. And you'll know. Because Betty may have something that she's sharing with me, but, but the Holy Spirit may drop something in and say, just tell her that I love her. Or just give her some word of encouragement. That's where you have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. But really, nine times out of ten, it's just about that person at that time. Let them speak. Do you guys know of anyone who's difficult to talk to? I mean, I do. People probably think that of me. Who are you pointing to? Nobody. No, no one. No. <laughs> just a little pointing going on. Just, I'm just saying. You may be the world's best talker. 
But today, God might be calling you to be the world's best listener. Because life isn't about us. It's not, a, it's not about me. I shouldn't get up in the morning and say, it's all about me. I shouldn't. I, I should say, God, use me today to be a blessing to someone else. And I'm not saying don't say, God, bless me, because that's scriptural. You want God with you in every sense, every part of your life. But how often do we quickly say, God, bless me, where instead we should say, God, thank you that you're going to make me a blessing to someone else today. You want to love someone else through me. Well, wisdom guards your heart, gauges your thoughts, governs your tongue, it graces your ears, and wisdom guides your feet. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Elvis Presley made uh, a song and it became very famous. Wise men say, only fools rush in, but I can't help falling in love with you. Well, I'm not going to sing that for you tonight. But he didn't just come up with that. In 1709, English poet Alexander Pope wrote this. Fools rush in where angels fear to tread. Uh, one of my favorite, favorite books of the Bible is the book of Proverbs. And I have done what I would say extensive study on Proverbs and God faithfully tells me, you've only scratched the surface. If you want to be challenged, read Proverbs. And you know what Proverbs is, is written in such a way, there are 31 chapters in Proverbs. Read one a day for the entire month. If the month only has 30 days, then read two on the last day or two on the first day. And then start again. It won't take you but about four or five minutes to read a chapter of Proverbs. But I do not know if there has been any other thing that I've ever read that has caused me to want to walk like Jesus walked, to walk in wisdom. Because even a fool is considered wise when he holds his tongue. And the Bible says that there are foolish people who can't even sleep well unless they've gone someplace and they've caused mischief. And wisdom will guide your feet. There was a, a senator years ago who was interviewed and the person doing the interviewing was asking them of their success, how they got to be a senator. And the person replied, well, my mom was extremely influential in my life. My father wasn't around, but my mom was extremely influential. And she laid down certain rules. And I grew up in a real rough neighborhood. He said, my mom said, Nine o'clock, you're going to be in every night. Nothing happens good after nine o'clock on the streets in this neighborhood. You're going to be in. You're not going to leave. It's because I love you and I want to keep you safe and keep you from trouble. And he said, I believed my mom and I trusted her. He said, but one night after nine o'clock, it was about 10. He said, there was a knock on my window, my bedroom window. And I opened it up and it was my two, two of my best friends from school. And they said, hey, come on, get dressed. Let's go. And he said, well, where are we going? And they said, oh, 
we're going we're gonna to go take care of some business tonight. You know such and such from school? The guy said, yeah, I know him. Well, he's given our friend a hard time, and we're going to go set things right tonight. Come with us. And the senator said, I can't. I can't go. It's after nine. Mom said, I can't leave the house. And they gave him all sorts of grief. Come on, don't be a chicken. Come with us. Have your spoils. Have spoils with us. Cast in your lot among us. Let's all have one purse. And he said, no, not going to do it. So after giving him some more grief, they left. The next morning, those boys weren't at school. And he'd heard the story that he didn't know, but one of the boys was carrying a gun. And the altercation went down with this other boy from school. And he shot him. And they'd both been arrested. And he leans in, the senator leans in years later to the one doing the interview and said, I wouldn't be here today if not for the guidance of my mom. And if not for me saying, I trust you. I would have gone. I would have been involved. I would have been arrested. And I wouldn't have had the opportunity to be a life speaker as the senator of this state. Wisdom guards your feet. It, it guides your feet. Your word's a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. Last one tonight. All the things we've talked about that wisdom does. And they're all great. But I'm going to be honest, this one's my favorite. Couldn't live really without any of them, but this one's my favorite. Wisdom glorifies my God. When I walk in the wisdom that he gives me, he doesn't love me more. I'm not more saved. I'm an ambassador to others of his love and his goodness. And that's what wisdom does. It points to him. If I'm making terrible choices, why should you listen to anything that I'm telling you? If I've filed bankruptcy five times, how dare I get up here and offer you monetary advice? See, there, there's a forgiveness here, but you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And I want my witness to hold true to the wisdom of the God that I serve. Matthew 5.16 says this, let your light so shine before men not that they may see me, not that they glorify me. They would see the good works that I'm doing because good works are good works. They're good things. But here's what good works does. It brings glory to him. I'm so thankful for so many of you who have been life speakers. You've done something in my life. You've blessed me in some way or some, somehow. And, and you're great and I think highly of you, but here's what I do. If Furman blesses me, I say, thank you, but I go home and I say, God, you are so good. You've laid it on his heart to do something that I needed. And so God, I praise you for looking out for me. I praise you for sending Jeff my way. Wisdom glorifies God. And I, 
am a slacker in so many ways. But the thing that I want to do more than anything else is bring glory to my God. <clears throat> my dad started smoking when he was 16. And my grandpa caught him. <clears throat> and my grandpa told him, you know, son, I would rather you not do that, but you're getting to the age where you can make decisions for yourself. And so in the next few years, I encourage you to, to make good decisions as I have your whole life. But I know that your friends, they smoke. I know that they like to drag you into town. That's back when Willisville was like a booming place. More booming than it is now. And I know that you like to do some things that maybe aren't the best for you. And he said, I'm going to let you make some of these decisions. But he said, no two things. Know that I love you. And know that you carry my name with you everywhere you go. That Gene Brown's boy? I'm sorry, is that Kenneth Brown's boy? Is that Gene? Huh. Wow, I thought Kenneth was a better guy than that, raising that hoodlum. And you can't escape that because people, although we're constantly challenged not to, not to judge, people do. I want to I be an ambassador of my God because I carry his name. I'm a Christian. It means I'm Christ-like. I want people to know that I'm a Christian. That means I'm going to act like Christ because I love him. I love what he's done for me just like my dad carried my grandpa's name with him anywhere he went, so do we. And it's just a challenge. I'm not trying to condemn anyone looking at myself in the mirror. I need to be daily reminded that God wants me to use the wisdom that he's given me in this book so I can be an ambassador. I, I can be a good, good son to tell people of my dad and hopefully stir within them that they want to become a member of the family as well guards our heart, gauges our thoughts, governs our tongue, graces our ears, guides our feet, and it glorifies our God. God, I just thank you tonight. Your word is so true. We just rely on it. And God, I ask right now for wisdom. And I encourage everyone that's in this room and everyone that's watching to ask, according to James 1.5, ask for wisdom. God, give us wisdom. God, we need it. I need it. And I thank you that as your word says, we ask that you give generously and graciously to everyone. And so I'm included in everyone. I fall under that category. So thank you that you're going to give, give me wisdom. And thank you that I'm going to receive that. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to point others to you. I just love you, God. Thank you for relationship. Thank you for being in my heart and being number one on the, on the throne of my life. God, I give you praise for this opportunity tonight to just talk with fellow believers, your, your people, God, of, of your desire for us. God, we give you praise and we point to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for being so attentive. We'll see you Saturday night. Ray Bench will be here and he is awesome. Seven o'clock. God bless you guys.